Greetings, dear listeners. Welcome to another edition of the Israel Victory Podcast. My name is Josh Haston here in Jerusalem, the beautiful studios of Galay Israel Radio. Of course, this is a project of the Middle East Forum. It is Wednesday, May the 15th, 2019, the 10th of ER 5779. On the panel here today is Danny Seaman, head of the Middle East Forum's Israel Desk, and Daniela Trobe commentator and author thanks guys for joining us here again in jerusalem and right now there's uh, a lot of activity taking place down the road in tel aviv eurovision 2019 hosted by israel and it isn't just a singing competition of course not it's not that simple it's not that easy a lot of politics involved just because of the fact that Israel, the one and only Jewish state in the world, is hosting this year's Eurovision. We're going to get to that and other topics on today's program. And we'll start here. We'll get right into it. This reported by the Jerusalem Post yesterday, the pro-Israel NGO Stand With Us has purchased and will erect a massive billboard over the Ayalon Highway in Tel Aviv to protest a campaign, which is running right now, by the Breaking the Silence organization. Daring Eurovision visitors to, quote, dream of peace, security, and coexistence. And then on this billboard, if you guys have seen it, they have two images, an image of beautiful Tel Aviv and the beaches, and then they have an image of what they call the occupation, an image of an IDF watchtower, image of a fence or barrier there. And they're encouraging people to go out and visit the occupation. So Stand With Us, on the other hand, is trying to show uh, the reality and well, Stand With Us is now offering tours as well to places like the Gaza border, Gush Etzion, and other places in Israel. First of all, it's a bit too late. Um, <laughs> the visitors, the tourists have been here since Yom Mot. Actually, I was in Tel Aviv. There were a lot of foreigners here. Um, so, And the billboard is up already for you know, a week and a half, two weeks, something like that. So... Um, but good for them that they're doing something. But it says if uh, all these organizations are sad that we are succeeding because the success um, is going to Bibi and they can't stand that uh, I don't that think it's Bibi. I think they exist. Or the right wing. Their whole, their whole raison d'etre is exactly that, that to, to show they're not looking for the truth. They have to satisfy their funders. And in the case of breaking the science, we're talking about Germany of all c countries in the world. If the, any country in the world should be cautious about what it does regarding Israel, but they're trying to cleanse their, their conscience by funding these kind of organizations. And all they do is look for the blemishes in Israel and warp the realities and play into the greatest fears that this is absolutely and it's interesting today is Nakba day it's the the day according to the Gregorian calendar in which the state of Israel was declared by the way the United Nations recognized an Arab state at the same time the Arabs refused it the Arabs wanted to, they were the ones who wanted to victimize the Jews here just three years after the Holocaust and the world didn't stand up and didn't defend us and didn't come to our and we succeeded in not being victims and they're the ones who didn't accept it. They, they, we're talking about over a billion Arabs and Muslims who set and assaulted Israel, and now they're sitting around and whining why they lost, and it's a great tragedy. Maybe it's a tragedy for them, but we're alive because of the fact they didn't succeed. And here you have these Jewish organizations trying to help them today in creating this impression that Israel is this uh, and Germany country. behind them. And Not Germans. only oh, Again, the as Germans. we spoke, also the ceremony, the alternative ceremony for the uh, loss of the Palestinian side and the Israeli side right. was also mostly funded by, by Germany. Germany. Yeah. Um, as there's a lot of things in Europe itself where Germany maybe didn't take over Europe um, oh, by over force, today. but they've taken over financially. Full, yeah. full disclosure here on my part, I hope to be leading a tour tomorrow 
uh, sponsored by Stand With Us, to a group of uh, those who are here for the Eurovision to Gush Etzion to show them some of the reality uh, down there. At the same time, you know, BDS, of course, they have their hands in this as well, trying to call on Madonna to <laughs> boycott and uh, not perform. I think she's scheduled to go on tomorrow night or Saturday night. At I'm not exactly sure at, one, at the main event Saturday night, but Madonna refusing to uh, heed to the threats from the BDSers saying that, Good quote, I'll never stop playing music to suit someone's political agenda, nor will I stop speaking out against violations of human rights wherever they are in the world. And so Madonna says uh, to Roger Waters and the others, uh, go fly a kite, to put it mildly, I will be performing in Israel because I'm not using my music for your political agenda. Well, more power to her. And that's, uh, even though she's maybe not the brightest bulb in the, in the world, but <laughs> in this case, she... She, she actually is a very bright person. Okay, I'm glad for her. Um, but here it comes down to this. There are political realities, and one of the political reality is the attempt that to, to defame Israel and believe that it's only our responsibility. And forgetting the fact that the Arabs outnumber us, they're the majority here uh, in the Middle East. We're a very small country. And what has to be done is the Arabs don't accept us. And it doesn't matter what peace process you have or what happens. If they accept the existence, the Jewish right, like any other, we're the only minority in the Middle East, and there are hundreds of different minorities in the Middle East. We're the only ones who have established ourselves here, and that's something that the, the Muslims have a problem with. And that's what people should be addressing, not the problem if Israel succeeded in defending itself. But it, it's also, we have to acknowledge that. Uh, anything, anything that's said in Haaretz newspaper and on the, the billboards, uh, smashing and bashing Israel in the end finds itself in the UN and with the protesters against Israel and those are the words that are used against Israel and those are the words that came from us from Haaretz from those billboards from Shovrim Shtika and from some of the videos for the Eurovision contest yeah I saw some of the you mentioned the so-called Nakba and uh, I saw some of the protesters out there of all, in Where, all in places. Aviv? Yes, in Tel Aviv <laughs> University, those protesting, basically protesting the establishment of the state of Israel. Right. But the question asked here by Daniel Pipes in an op-ed which appeared in the Jerusalem Post yesterday is trying to understand events of recent weeks. He, he calls it here, the title is Making Sense of Palestinian Logic. And we're talking about the recent rocket attacks and everything going on over the last couple of weeks. He says the following, the Palestinians are playing a game of chicken, disturbing the quiet in return for an Israeli payoff here's the logic palestinian logic boils down to the black to blackmail you israelis are rich strong and happy so we will make you miserable mm -hmm. unless you give us or give us access to more money it's weird it's sick but it usually works especially given an israeli security security establishment for which quiet is the first priority we're talking about allowing qatari money into right. gaza we're talking about you know the uh while the pay to slay programs continue israel says that it's not going to hand over that amount of money in packs in uh, pa tax revenue then the pa turns around and says well we're not going to take any of the money yeah. Essentially Doing saying to the favor. Israel, what, you want the PA to collapse? So they are, Pipes is making the argument that we're being blackmailed here mm -hmm. by the Palestinians, uh, whether in Judea and Samaria or in Gaza. An interesting point he makes is about actually the chicken game. That's a theory that's um, dealt with in the international relations studies. And it's as if two cars are driving uh, towards a cliff. And who's the one that will back off first? And it seems as if, as Pipe says, we are the Israel is the first one always to back off. Um, and that's something I think we should start changing. We don't have to, like we spoke about a few weeks ago, 
go in with all our force and destroy Gaza, but we can use different ways yeah. other tec- of uh, other tactics uh, and, exactly. of, and of winning this game, the chicken game. For example, jump in. You want to continue? You were, well, <laughs> you were electricity, very... aid, exactly. money, stop, stop supplying that and show them that they have what to lose from this chicken game that they conduct every time and no, that we lose. And, and per- perhaps the biggest problem here, and this is what we understood with the Middle East Forum and, and our Israel Victory Project, the first problem here is to convince the Israelis that we're not the ones who have to... We were... They tried to victimize us. We've been successful in surviving. And I think that what gets to them um, on the Arab side is the fact that, yes, we are happy. Yes, so you are successful. The Eurovision contest is, is an... Ex- I, I, you know what? All these whining groups around us, like the breaking the silence and then peace now, etc. It's hurting them. It's I hurting because them. they still see that this is with everything. And, and by the way, not only this week of the Eurovision contest, the recent um, surveys from the OECD shows Israel is one of the happiest countries in the world. People are satisfied. The life expectancy here is, is one of the li- uh, highest in the world. All these indicators of how successful Israel is. And the Israelis feel that we have to do something for them. No, we don't. Now, these are not uh, um, children, irresponsible children that don't know what to do them with themselves. We can't continue and con- constantly be, these, uh, the, the, be those who are more responsible than they are for themselves. And it's time for the world to tell them. And that's what I wrote in an article this week. It's time for the world also. If they don't t- make the Arabs understand that they are responsible, they are mature human beings. We can't keep treating them like, oh, it's, it's a subtle racism of lower expectations, of the West has no we can't expect from yes we can we can't expect from them to be like everybody else and if they don't we shouldn't be, be uh, you you're a new grandfather now you know you don't Mazel pamper tov. you don't pamper the um you don't pamper them you no, make that, them that is the job of a grandfather <laughs> to pamper, to pamper yeah. but, but that's but that's not the way in, in international relations True. they have to be responsible for what they do and until that happens there's not going to be a change here and that's the irony of it the, that racism that you bring up on the left you know who claim they wanted this uh, coexistence right. or whatnot when in reality it's those are on the right a day to day and i see it where in, in gush Etzion, another place Places, that coexistence, which which happened, I just saw uh, an article in the Jerusalem Post today. A kosher iftar breaking of the Ramadan fast <laughs> took place in Hebron last yeah. night, and you had Jews and Arabs sitting together, eating a meal together. Uh, few, uh, business leaders from Hebron and other communities, I and saw that. and and that's pretty unbelievable. That's and, that, and that's from the right wing, the so-called settler people. They're but, the ones who are sitting and negotiating and talking and getting to know each but other. But they didn't want the Eurovision in Jerusalem because suppose it, and where is the real coexistence? No, I actually agree that it shouldn't be in Jerusalem. It's not respectful for most of the people that live I, there. I'm not talking about that. I understand your point. It's this sort of a wild party, European type party, but I'm talking about that Jerusalem is supposedly not this. And where is their true coexistence in Israel? When you go to Tel Aviv, everybody looks the same. It doesn't matter if you're Jew or Arab, you're gay or everybody looks the same there. They're all young with their dogs and their bicycles, but that's me characterizing Tel Aviv. But in Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. (laughs) in, in Jerusalem, you have Jews and Arabs working together. You see who is Jew, you see who is Arab. By the way, they dress. You don't have this uniformism. Everybody lives their lives as they are, but they live in respect. And so 
talking about Ramadan this week, we're going and getting food for the Israel uh, Independence Day for, for our barbecues. And people were saying to the guy who's selling the, the, at, at the supermarket is an Arab guy from the eastern side of Jerusalem, saying, oh, you're selling, you're not hungry today? He said, yeah, what can I do? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting all day long. So you have these contradictions, but at the same time, people respecting each other. And, and that's the way to get true uh, um, living together and having true peace, if you want to call it. And that's in Jerusalem of all places. And, and you mentioned And those also existed before Oslo. Uh, exactly. No, that's for sure. But there was in definitely Oslo, uh, in, in all of Israel. I grew up in Ashkelon, and we went to Gaza. We would go down to Gaza, and and in the markets there. Today, you don't have that because peace was brought and imposed upon us. Yeah, that's the great irony. But you mentioned those stereotypes uh, in terms of the way people look in Tel Aviv right. or whatnot, and you can and Daniela disagreed somewhat. But that being said, those stereotypes are actually being used to market the city of Tel Aviv in this Eurovision. And I'm talking Wrongly. specifically about Wait. two different. Uh, uh, commercials which came out, one sponsored by the Israel Broadcasting Authority, Khan, put out a, a commercial. The ones who are hosting, the ones who, who won the uh, right to uh, host, to host the, the event right. on, on their on their television station, in addition to Carlsberg Beer. But the ads that came out are, in my opinion, uh, offensive, are to a point where I would even call one of them the Khan ad anti-Semitic, where there was a line in there about Jews aren't always greedy against women, referring to them as, as the B word, like we have right. a lot of Bs here yeah, in, in they Tel were playing, Aviv. Playing on the fact playing that they don't know English, so right. in Hebrew in they Hebrew, wrote the beaches. They meant and beaches, it, but and they pronounced it deliberately. With an I instead of an E, right. but, but, but I, I, you know, is oh. this how you want, to, you want to market, whether it's Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, any part of Israel, is this how you want to sell our country? Uh, what do you think? I mean, using... No anti-women, anti-Jews, uh, saying that, you know, we're not all about war and occupation and this and that? I think we have to react to two different films that aren't the same at Okay, all. so let's start the with the con. The, the con one the con. that's disgusting. Right. It's not anti funny. It's anti-Semitic. Funded um, by the us, public. Yeah, well, yeah, we pay for it. Um, I didn't laugh. I, I also didn't think it was really good um, if we're just speaking about how it looks and how it was done. And I think that the message there is more apologetic towards Europe and the people sucking come here. Sucking up. Yeah. Not, you know what? First off, who cares about apology? But it's yeah. sucking up to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But the, then there's the other one, the Carlsberg one, um, which I find funny. You would and find I, funny. And I don't <laughs> think, you would. And I don't you, think, you don't think that the so fact that all Tel Avivis look the same is, is a problem? No, because how do you choose? How do you choose men, true. single men there, where they all look the same? Well, they ha said there that uh, every relationship uh, lasts for about 14 hours. I think that's, that's quite funny. accurate. That's yeah, funny. That's funny. That's stupid. I, no, that, maybe, no, but that's, maybe, but that's humor. Regardless, and that's okay, it's also and we don't that have to stereotype. Be old and heavy. Right. And it's okay no to old use people in Tel Aviv. They made it out like yes. no old people out in Tel Aviv. <laughs> I'm old, so I found that offensive <laughs> myself. Yeah, no, who did who, who did you I did in Tel Aviv if not the old people? Should we also become It didn't hurt my feelings. It didn't hurt my feelings, but I just didn't think it. I just didn't get it. I didn't think it was funny. Yeah. It wasn't Maybe I'm, funny. I'm it slow. Was I don't know. What bothered me about it, let's, let's separate the two things. Daniela was correct to say. One is by, by taxpayers' money, which is offensive, was anti-Semitic. And the other one was Carl is, a, is a, a, a private company. I didn't find it humorous. I thought it was idiotic. I thought it was... Now, the problem is that... And, and, but the core of both of them stems from PR companies because obviously the owners or the uh, uh, bosses at Carlsberg didn't sit and make the film themselves. They hired a PR company, most likely a Tel Aviv or a center of Israel PR company. The problem is with these people, and both of them are, are, are the same in this sense, that they come from 
Tel Aviv, which, ex which pretends to be this great metropolitan area that they know Europeans, they know the West, and we're all pro from the province and the rest of Israel. But they were so provincial in their attitude. They think that they have to suck up to the Europeans to impress them. Oh, you know, we know what you think about us. We're not like that. We're not like the other Israelis. That's we're not the cooler. Carlsberg one. Carlsberg is the same thing. No, it's it is not. absolutely ridiculous. Mm. It's self-humor that we all get the jokes, but the Europeans don't get it. And I used to see this with the foreign press when they were here in Israel in major events. I take the second war in Lebanon, for example. I sat with them up north in Israel, and Israeli journalists were sitting there and saying the most outrageous things, thinking they were impressing Carlsberg their... wasn't wait outrageous. A minute. It was wait just a, No, but, but let me finish this point here. You have so many Israelis who believe that if they suck up to the Europeans, if they try to impress them as saying, look, we know what you think, and you know, this is what Israel... We agree with you on these things about the Israelis. Excuse me. Excuse me. That is... It's embarrassing. You're making... You're, you're ridiculing yourself. You're trying to suck up to them. Most they they the respect guests, you less. Most of the guests that are coming to Tel Aviv and that come and watch the Eurovision are home Homosexuals. So what? And you don't have uh, homosexuals no, in Jerusalem? Absolutely, we do. Um, they have they have a nightlife in Jerusalem. Them, mm, mm, there's what? one one club. One there's club. more. By the way, and how do one I know club. this? There's more than one club. <laughs> don't, don't ask. Me. I have gay friends. I know, and they actually feel very comfortable in Jerusalem. You don't have. But yet, the, most of them choose to live in Tel Aviv. Okay, because they're living with the people they feel, they're and I have no speaking, problem, but the Israel is speaking. not only that. Okay, that's cool. And but most Israel, in most Israel you can live okay, not, your no, freely. Not most Israel is not mostly that. But people are coming to Tel Aviv. Okay. They come to the Eurovision. No, they're not coming to Israel. Not always do we have to Israel show the, all of Israel. Yes, you do. Not yes, always. Yes, you do. We not have the opportunity. And this is what the, the victory last year was not by, Israel. by Israel. Not private Forget Carlsberg. I'm not talking about Carlsberg like that. But I'm, I'm speaking about Carlsberg. I'm talking about two <laughs> things right now. I'm talking about Cannes that did this film that was paid by us. The and, I agree and, with you on that one. And the attitude of Tel Avivis who believe that sucking up to the Europeans is going to impress somebody. If anything... It ridicules us. It diminishes the quality of this country. And we have so much to be proud of. And so much, if we're talking about victory before, that we're so victorious in this. And we have to make the Arabs understand that they're not going to defeat us. This is a way of doing that. Instead, they sit around, yes, we're a country of occupation, but we're not all in the occupation. Ha ha, very funny. Great Morons. imitation. That, that's well, good. Well, straight or gay, right or left, black or white, whatever you are. Uh, in Israel, everybody is accepted within I, Israel. Exactly. I, I still am just uh, from the world of PR, I'm scratching my head about these ads, but I know they're out there. What can you do? Go check them out online on YouTube and, and uh, make a decision no, don't, on don't <laughs> check it. Don't look it. by yourself. But we have to bring Come for station, Israel. see it yourself. Station identification here on the Israel Victory Podcast. Josh Haston here in Jerusalem with my colleagues. It's Wednesday, May the 15th, 2019. This is the Middle East Forum Israel Victory Podcast with Galay Israel. We're gonna take a short break for station ID. Come right back with much more. And we are back in Jerusalem. Josh Haston here for Wednesday, May 15, 2019, the 10th of ER 5779. This is the Israel Victory Podcast coming to you from Jerusalem. Of course, a project of the Middle East Forum and Galay Israel Radio. We're in studio with Danny Seaman, the head of the Middle East Forum's Israel office. Daniela Trobe, renowned author, commentator, thank you, thank you. just a really nice person. How Aww. about that? You like that well, that's title? Sweet. Yeah. 
Danny, before we, uh, in the earlier conversation, rather, you mentioned a column that you have up there on the Midah uh, magazine, online conservative, leading online conservative news magazine, and hopefully they'll translate it into English as well. But you're talking about rumors which have been uh, reportedly leaked about the U.S. upcoming deal of the century, U.S. deal of the century. And again, nobody really knows what's written in the document, but nevertheless, the point that you make in your uh, column, and correct me if I'm wrong here, is no matter what the peace plan actually says, um, it's not going to end. The situation won't end between no, Israel I, and the I, I Arabs. Go, the situation could improve. The situation could yeah. get better, worse, whatever. No, by I the end go, of the day, I even go as far as saying, let's say that everything that Trump wants is going. For some reason, his golden touch succeeds in this also. And everybody accepts it. For some reason, the stars have aligned, and the Arabs accept it. Israel accepts it. Um, peace comes. The end of occupation uh, comes upon us. I'm saying it doesn't matter. It's not a question of occupation. It's not a question of any one of the, these disputes. It comes down to the fact that the Arabs have not accepted Israel's presence here, um, and that it, it, the, the war against Israel takes on different shapes. Originally, it was the Arab world trying to defeat us, as we said before, we're talking about the, the Gregorian calendar, Independence Day, the Arabs call it the Nakba. Um, for them, it's been a huge tragedy that they didn't succeed in destroying us. Um, then it was after 67, you had the Arabs in Judea and Samaria, who they, call, they claim to be occupied by us, and they've conducted a war of terror against Israel, a cognitive warfare when this whole question of occupation stopped the Israeli occupation, as if that's going to end all the issues here. And I'm saying that even if that does happen, it's not going to end, it'll go into a new phase. They always find a new phase, and this new phase is going to be their Arabs inside the state of Israel, and nobody's addressing that issue. They don't accept the, the existence of the state of Israel and the Jewish state. I'm not saying all of them, but, uh, but it will become a, a cause of the international community. Even if we end uh, occupation, the next cause will be, well, there are Arabs in Israel. Maybe you should give them autonomy in the north. Maybe you should give them autonomy in the Bedouin it's in the already, south. Yeah, it's exactly already happening with the Bedouins. And that's what I'm saying. In the, in the article, there's already been an effort on the Israeli Arab members of Knesset, who we know are not faithful to the state of Israel, but to their own cause. And they've been raising this thing according, we're the indigenous population. We should be recognized for autonomy. The moment you start with that, and it will take months, but once it used to take years, now it'll take a matter of months before these self-righteous international organizations will be climbing. Ah, we have to. And self-righteous Jews living here. Uh, of course. That's the, the problem. Uh, biggest problem. They'll be going. And then what do we do? And then what do we do? How long it will take? And now, it's not that it didn't happen before. People don't realize, and I mentioned that in the article, that in the 1950s, there was the Alpha Plan, devised by the Americans and especially the British. The British were the um, mobilizing force behind it. They wanted to make Israel, make concessions to Egypt. This is after we won the, the um, independence war. This is before occupation. And that we should be considerate of the Arab demands and Arab needs. And at that time, they were talking about an autonomy in the Nazareth area and around Jerusalem. And that if Israel didn't do it, Britain would have invaded Israel to impose this solution upon us. The only thing that saved us was the 56 war and the Suez war, and that because they had to divert their attention towards the Egypt, they then, this whole plan dissipated. But this is what's going to happen next. It's not going to end until the point, and this is what I'm saying, that the Europeans especially are guilty party in this by not making it clear to the Arabs, you violated international norms, international laws, you were the ones who assaulted Israel, they don't make them understand that there's a price to pay and that they've lost this war. And until that happens, nothing's going to change it. I think until we, firstly, 
understand that. You've said that before. I agree yeah, with you. We, That's very strong We don't strong understand point. here in Israel that we have Not all won. Of us. Not all of us. Absolutely. There are people that most, the majority of the Israelis do understand that. But a lot of the elites still think that we have to apologize for something. We don't have a right for this land. But here, Daniela, that's the film. That's part of the film that you're talking about, Carlsberg. Why I have, why I'm so... No, it's not Carlsberg. But the, you look at it, the same thing they're doing. They're, think, they're being apologetic. They're trying to be nice. They're trying to suck up to the... No, no you don't do No, they're just do trying that. to be funny. They're not I funny. Agree, I agree it's that ridiculous. That's exactly it's self-depreciation. No, I agree that that's exactly the point of the Khan uh, film. That's absolutely true and it's it is apologetic. Carlsberg is just funny and a bit silly. Either way, either way. Stupid. I'm not going to use another word. Danny, just back to your article. Either way, um, there are some Arabs in the area who are not planning on hanging out to see how this all (laughs) transpires and how this all ends and what becomes of this. Sounds like the Game of Thrones. I said they've (laughs) seen the last episode. They've seen Game of Thrones and no spoilers. They they know what happens. (laughs) But this is is an amazing investigative report here by Baruch Yadid of TPS, the news agency. Reporting that mass there's mass emigration from Gaza, which threatens the future of the PA. He says the following: Gaza's younger and education educated population is leaving the Strip in search of a better future in Europe, while risking their lives in a dangerous journey going through Africa. May, may I interrupt you a moment? Sure. They're talking about Gaza. They're leaving there. The number of Arabs inside the state of Israel since 1948 until today and every year increases. And why is that? Because. Daniela, it seems like you wanted to add to that. No, I just wanted to add something else, but you can Go continue. No, 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 the point is that in Israel they feel comfortable. In and Israel they feel comfortable, but... And they thrive in Israel. Connecting Gaza to Judea and Samaria. In Judea and Samaria, Arabs have been leaving, the, leaving right. for the last 10 years. And hundreds have and been And not because of living. Israel. Now, Israel doesn't... Now, that's a great point, because people can say maybe it's because of Israel, but there's no Israelis in Gaza. Right. We're not there, and we haven't. We can... Look, we have the military might that can face uh, NATO. So dealing with Hamas militarily is not a problem for the state of Israel. Actually, the prime minister, who everybody likes to vilify, has been very reluctant to using the full force of Israel against Hamas, who, by the way, have been committing war crimes by targeting our population, our civilian population, and using their civilian population. And that's the key to it. They use their civilian population, and they abuse them. And until these do-gooders around the world who think that Israel is a problem, unless they address the real problem here, there's not going to be a solution. And here's what's happening in the Gaza, and that's what they're reflecting. It. These people understand. And now, there was an art- another article, I don't know if you're going to refer to that, by Baruch Yudid, who speaks about the fact that the Islamic Jihad said that this summer they're going to attack Israel. Right. And what do they think is going to happen? Who's going to suffer the most from this? And that is why... But they don't care about their people. That exactly. is why 36,000 Gazans have left the Strip in recent months. Population fleeing Gaza is primarily students who see no future in the Hamas-ruled Strip, while entire families and young women have also set out for Europe. Let Europe have them. But here's the thing. The PA fears that the younger and educated generation is leaving for Europe, while the old, poor, and infirm are being left behind. Those leaving Gaza are, here we go, just like you said, are blaming the PA and Hamas, not Israel, for the situation which is forcing them to leave. They They do not want to live under Hamas anymore. Yet they will reach Europe. And then and work there. Yeah, become extremists <laughs> again against Israel, and on the campuses there, what is already happening, uh, work against Israel. Well, they'll go and encourage 
Westerners, and this also happens in the United States, and let them know, oh, you know, we, we were abused by the Israelis. They'll lie to them. They'll lie to them there. And this, and, you know, and who you would expect to know better is the American Jewish community and the American Jewish organizations who two weeks ago, when Israel was assaulted, what did they, they hold, they held vigils for the Arab victims. Now, I don't mind them holding vigils for the Arab victims, but identify who is really abusing them and who is the one who is, is causing this, their misery. It's their own leadership. It's their own leadership. And that's, that's where this whole thing is being missed by these people who may have good intentions, but their good intentions are only creating the this, this situation is, and, and perpetuating the situation. And another reason this is a, a potentially major story is because for years we were talking about uh, the demographics right. of the situation here between uh, the Jordan River and the Mediterranean. If more and more Arabs are, are, are leaving, um, you know, the PA, uh, the do, Ara do Arab... Do we know how many have left? Uh, yeah, 36,000 over That's the last couple of months in Gaza, right. in Judea and Samaria. I mean, you could talk, look at demographers like Yoram Edinger and others who he's, have been studying this for... He said he says. Uh, That's oh, a huge you know, number. More than a decade studying, studying this information. It's particularly uh, poignant and relevant because they claim of this, you know, they have a so-called right of return right. and that there's so many of them and people want to create, on the left, want to create a separation, fearing this demographic, right. demographic time bomb. But if there is no demographic time bomb, then why continue down a path why of you, how, separation? How do, you, how do you know this argument has failed? Because now you have these voices on the left who in, in the past have been warning us about we need the separation because of the demographic time bomb. Now they're saying, well, because Israel has to separate, because the birth rate is so high now among Jews that we won't be able to live here in luxury that we've uh, got become accustomed to. Yeah, give them. It doesn't matter what the situation they find with the excuse instead of dealing with the real issue. The real issue is, a is addressing the fact the Arabs don't accept us, and the Arabs don't under and, the, and the world doesn't understand that this is the key. Make them accept the state of Israel, and everybody will benefit. Does the world want to make I them understand? They, I don't think they want to. I don't think they Probably. want to. I don't think they don't have they basically. They also, they also themselves aren't really happy with the fact that there's a state of Israel. Exactly. Exactly. They they're not too pleased about it, and especially since so we're thriving. So let's use the Palestinians for as what against Israel. Oh, they! A, yeah, I thought they, you were saying we have to use them. No, no, not at all. Not no, at no, all. listen, no, they're, I, the, I, I misunderstood they're the pawns of UNRWA, they're the pawns of exactly. the Europeans. There's I mean, a lot of money to be you know, made out of it. And it, instead of making... A, it's a business. And, and those a business. people who say that we're the ones who have to take they care, don't care and give them hope. No, we don't. Our responsibility is for ourselves. Show me one. Are the Americans worried about the, the Russians? Were the Americans in World War II worried about the Germans or about the Japanese? No. You're worried about being victorious. Your first responsibility, the most moral thing you can do is defend your own people. We know, after 2,000 years, we know what the consequences are when we don't have a free state. And that's what we were celebrating last week, that we are no longer defenseless and helpless. I don't know if you, know, you saw this week, there was, uh, I, saw it, I know it's not recent, but these pictures from Williamsburg, if there's another Jewish place in the world, it's Williamsburg, Brooklyn, where... A Jew, and, and he was wearing as a Haredi, so he's what, the, in the West they depict Jews as being, not Tel Aviv, but the, that kind of Jew. He was being assaulted by an Arab in Williamsburg, and nobody came to his defense. Cars were standing there, people were watching, this person was being beaten on a crosswalk, only another Haredi guy came to save him, take to his defense. You know, that's why we have but the I, state I, of Israel. But I don't know if that's mainly against Jews. Um, in this case, no, it was. No, in this case, absolutely. But New York is known as a city where you don't really help each other. 
Um, I don't know. I saw They're already done a lot of after nine eleven. I was I experiments lived, like I that, and saw that people don't intervene. Listen, I was six years in New York in the eighties, and I remember after nine eleven. For a few years later, I was surprised at the level of people coming and helping and aiding each other. There was even that great blackout in New York about a year or two afterwards, and there were no riots, no things that happened that occurred. For example, in a similar event in the seventies, people do when they want to. But you know what? Forget about it. I don't care about them coming and not helping. The fact that the Jew was assaulted because yeah, he was Jewish. Yep. That's well, you, me- you mentioned anti-Semitism, and there's some uh, Holocaust news here, if you will, mm. referring to Democratic uh, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, is that how you pronounce her name, right. from Michigan, facing intense criticism Sunday and Monday, including from President Trump, after saying that her Palestinian ancestors, quote, had to suffer for the Jews to have a safe haven in the wake of the Holocaust. The Congresswoman uh, insisted she was, to an extent, glad that her ancestral land had been part of the answer to address the Jews' suffering, but also ruining the hardship the establishment of the Israeli state had brought upon her people. In other words, saying that basically the Arabs and Palestine were the yes. ones who helped oh, the Jews after, after the Holocaust. To destroy. They were, he and was planning here together with Hitler. Sorry, Josh. Do no, you want go to ahead. Continue? No, I was <laughs> just going to say. You. No, God forbid. Uh, I was going to say, like, you know, she's basically saying this, that the those Arabs living here took one for the team by allowing the oh poor Jews God. in yeah. to their country uh, as a result of the Holocaust, taking credit for helping Jews. I now, mean, that, this yeah. is what she's claiming. She's abusing people's ignorance and people not knowing the truth and what actually does happened. Does she know here. the truth? Does Absolutely. she believe it? Does she, does she believe 100%. what she's saying? These are pure lies it's, just it's, to... It's Khajamin al-Husseini, the leader of the Palestinians uh, before Arafat. Yeah, but he, what he, she's doing, she's what, not lying planning, to her own people. She's yeah, lying she's to lying the Westerners. The yeah, she's not stupid. She's put, not a stupid woman. This no, is a calculated comment. To put chambers in Israel for the Jews living in the but land of that, Israel. The, the, they were part of... Yeah, the Yad problem. Vashem recognizes the events in Iraq when there was a, a pogrom there in 1942 that was paid by the Germans to Khajamin al-Husseini to murder the Jews. Now, no occupation. It's Iraq. Jews have lived in Iraq for 2,000 years. My family originated from Afghanistan, came originally from Iraq, which was Babylonia. That's where Jews came from. And where did the Jews get there from? They were called Jews from Judea. That's our area here. And now the other thing, the demographic aspect of it is that around the same time you take from the Catholic Church, the, the British, they all had senses of populations here. There was a Jewish majority in Jerusalem for many years. Only This was the backwater of the Ottoman Empire. Nobody wanted to live here. This country was in a, in a hospitable. Mark and Mark Twain have, said the same when exactly. he actually came and visited here. And, and, the people, 19th century. and people don't know that. They started coming here when Jews started returning. They're bound the same time. And by the way, in, when she's talking about that, in 1947, a state was offered to Jews and Arabs. The Jewish population accepted it. The Arabs, which was their right, they rejected it. What wasn't their right was to assault Israel and go to war against them, against the Jewish population here, and try to annihilate them. So her problem is with her own leaders, and this is where my problem is with the Western world. Instead of saying to her, excuse me. You know, you were offered just like the Jews were. Your, your leadership re- refused it. Don't try and change history to accommodate your own propaganda. In my opinion, this is calculated anti-Semitic Holocaust revisionism. Exactly. And why is she doing it? Why would she say something so controversial like this? Because she can Similar, get away with it. She, exactly. Because yeah, she can get away with it. Yeah. Because if you respond to her, and this is what's been happening, if you follow on Twitter with her and the other uh, Muslim, I forgot her name. What's her name? Uh, Ula, uh, Omar, uh, yeah. the congresswoman from Minnesota. Right. 
when you can say things like this and then you're criticized and then you claim this is Islamophobia, you're being Islamophobia, this is against women, this is against people of color, and you get away with it and people support you, including some radical Jewish organizations, then why not? Why not try to change the realities of of history? She's doing what we're talking about Israeli should be. She's taking care of her own interests. We may think it's vile, but that's what her interest is. We, instead of always trying to be apologetic for them and trying to understand, I saw somebody who I have a little respect for, uh, a liberal American Jew, who usually is, is, he tries to be okay, and he was saying, he's making excuses for her, trying to understand. No, she didn't really mean this, she meant something else. Why are you apologizing for her? If we said something about black people, would anybody accept your, your look, look at what uh, Roseanne Barr said. Right. She has not, it's not, even be, it's not even close to what they're saying about Jews in the United States. And she's they been, killed she, her career. They killed her career killed completely her career. at that point. No, there's a double and, standard and, 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 here. It's, not, it's beyond the double standard. Here from our perspective, this is what Israelis have to understand. That you cannot, and I'm going back to that ridiculous, both of the films, you cannot appease our enemies. You cannot suck up to them. You cannot joke around with them saying, yeah, you think that Israelis are like this. Yeah, but we're, you know, we're much more than that, you know, by being ridiculous. No, that doesn't work. It doesn't work. Only Two they different respe- kinds of films. They respect you. No, it's a sim- similar film. One mm-hmm. was anti-Semitic. One was idiotic. And both of them. Okay. Uh, but Two both of them. Films. Both of them share the same thing: sucking up to the people outside, expecting them to like you because of that. People don't respect you if you don't respect yourself. I think Danny's more disappointed Worked. with these ads than uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, actually, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so. so many people disappointed in that show. Game but of Thrones is idiotic the same way. <laughs> but that, that being said, you, I mean, you would think that these were the uh, and I and I think there is a case to be made that these could actually be the top stories of the week because you know so many people try to portray Israel in a positive light and show how Israel is contributing to the world. And then you have, I agree with Danny on this one. Sorry, Daniela, they're both. Commercials, in my opinion, were just inappropriate, idiotic, not funny, and let, just. Let, let's uh, bring somebody my age here to sit next to me. <laughs> yeah, 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 and agree with me. Is, that's ageism. <laughs> You're being right. racist against us because of our age. I think, I think you will survive. I think they're not going to let us into Tel Aviv next time you drive down the aisle alone <laughs> because they're going to do an age, sure an age ID. There you go, an age ID check. And because we're too old, like the commercial said, no old people in, in Tel Aviv. You see so. humor. Hashtag humor. <laughs> no, that's not humor. That's yes, idiotic. Yeah, I, I, whatever. I didn't think it was so funny. But anyway, by the time we speak again next week, the Eurovision will have been concluded and yeah. Israel will have hosted. And assuming and, oh, oh, we're. Guess, guess something else. Go ahead. Israel will survive it. Israel will survive it. We'll survive this too. Israel we, is coming. We survived Paro. We will exactly. survive we'll Eurovision. Survive. No, no, but it's overall. Not the Eurovision, I'm probably the idiotic of, uh, of Televisions <laughs> who portray Israel in a moronic way. We'll survive that also. No, but that, you know. And we'll survive the millennials. That, that, being, that being said, at the end of the day, <laughs> even, sure. even with this ridiculousness, Eurovision still i think does overall aside from yes. some ridiculousness does overall uh, paint israel in, in a positive no, the, light the brings in tourism here, dollars those people who came here are amazed and anybody who comes here is, right. is amazed by israel i have I, I think we mentioned this in another from two afghani friends of mine who came here for the first time and they were stunned by what they saw here this guy who had no knowledge of israel when i first met him on facebook and he arrived to israel uh, a few months ago and he was here for about a month and he said this country is phenomenal and he says that he wishes that he was born in a refugee camp and the battle between the taliban and the whatever the other side is called uh they're in the battle in, in afghanistan and he's saying that Muslims don't understand. This is the only country where they can feel free I and, think and they exercise. They do understand that, 
and Jews, according to Islam, aren't supposed to be well, so successful. Right. And on top of Arabs, they're supposed to be beneath the Arabs. Right. And that's the problem. Well, in terms of the Eurovision, I'm going to report to you guys next week after I give a tour tomorrow, hopefully uh, in the Gush. Good luck. Thank you very much for yeah, the few Eurovision visitors here to Israel. Try to give them uh, some of the reality on the ground here as opposed to these or at least one of these two commercials that we were discussing but anyway that is going to uh, wrap it up for today this has been the israel victory podcast a project of the middle east forum and galay israel radio my name is josh haston here with daniela trobe and danny seaman in jerusalem for wednesday may the 15 2019 10th of er 5779 if you missed any part of the show go back and listen to it on <laughs> soundcloud Big shout out to uh, our technician in the other room and everyone else here at Galay Israel for helping us with the podcast. Most importantly, between now and when we speak again next week, everybody out there in the wonderful world of ours, be safe. Shalom, shalom from beautiful Jerusalem, Israel.